0: Hi guys, today I'm going to start reading a non-fiction book by Nova Harari called Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. So before I get to the book, I'd like to read what's written on the back of the cover. It goes something like this. A hundred thousand years ago, at least six human species inhabited the earth. Today, there's just one. Us. Homo sapiens. How did our species succeed in the battle for dominance? Why did our foraging ancestors come together to create cities and kingdoms? How did we come to believe in gods, nations and human rights? And what will our world be like in the millennia to come? Bold, wide-ranging and provocative, sapiens challenges everything we thought we knew about being human. Our thoughts, our actions, our power and our future. Part 1 The Cognitive Revolution An animal of no significance. About 13.5 billion years ago, matter, energy, time and space came into being in what is known as the Big Bang. The story of these fundamental features of our universe is called physics. About 300,000 years after their appearance, matter and energy started to coalesce into complex structures called atoms, which then combined into molecules. The story of atoms, molecules and the interactions is called chemistry. About 3.8 billion years ago on a planet called Earth, certain molecules combined to form particularly large and intricate structures called organisms. The story of organisms is called biology. About 70,000 years ago, organisms belonging to the species Homo sapiens started to form even more elaborate structures called cultures. The subsequent development of these human cultures is called history. Three important revolutions shaped the course of history. The Cognitive Revolution kick-started history about 70,000 years ago. The Agricultural Revolution sped it up about 12,000 years ago. The Scientific Revolution, which got underway only 500 years ago, may well end history and start something completely different. This book tells the story of how these three revolutions have affected humans and their fellow organisms. There were humans long before there was this history. Animals much like modern humans first appeared about 2.5 million years ago, but for countless generations they did not stand out from the myriad other the organi- but for countless generations they did not stand out from the myriad or the with which they shared their habitats. On a hike in East Africa two million years ago you might well have encountered a familiar cast of human characters anxious mothers cuddling their babies and clutches of carefree children laying in the mud temperamental youths Shaping against the dictates of society and wary elders who just wanted to be left in peace, chest-thumping machos trying to impress the local beauty and wise old matriarchs who had already seen it all. These archaic humans loved, played, formed close relationships and competed for status and power. But so did chimpanzees, baboons and elephants. There was nothing special about humans, nobody, least of all humans themselves, had any inkling that their descendants would one day walk on the moon, split the atom, fathom the genetic code and write history books. The most important thing to know about prehistoric humans is that they were insignificant animals with no more impact on their environment than gorillas, fireflies or jellyfish. Biologists classify organisms into species. Animals are said to belong to the same species if they tend to mate with each other, giving birth to fertile offspring. Horses and donkeys have a recent common ancestor and share many physical traits. But they show little sexual interest in one another. They will mate if induced to do so, but their offspring, called mules, are sterile. Mutations in donkey DNA can therefore never cross over to horses, or vice-versa. The two types of animals are consequently considered two distinct species, moving along separate evolutionary paths. By contrast, a bulldog and a spaniel may look very different, but they are members of the same species, sharing the same DNA pool. They will happily mate, and the puppies will grow up to pair off with other dogs and produce more puppies. Species that evolved from a common ancestors are bunched together under the heading genus, plural genera. Lions, tigers, leopards and jaguars are different species within the genus panthera. Biologists label organisms with a two-part Latin name, genus, followed by species. Lions, for example, are called panthera leo, the species leo of the genus panthera. Presumably, everyone reading this book is a homo sapiens, the species, sapiens, meaning wise, of the genus, homo, meaning man. Genera in their turn are grouped into families, such as the cats, which consists of lions, cheetahs, house cats, the dogs, which can be the wolves, foxes, jackals, and the elephants, like... The elephants, mammoths, mastodons all members of a family trace their lineage back to a founding matriarch or a patriarch. All cats, for example, from the smallest house kitten to the most ferocious lion, share a common feline ancestor who lived about 25 million years ago. Homo sapiens too belong to a family. This banal fact used to be one of history's most closely guarded secrets. Homo sapiens long preferred to view itself as set apart from animals, an orphan bereft of family, lacking siblings or cousins, and most importantly, without parents. But that's just not the case. Like it or not, we are members of a large and particularly noisy family called the Great Apes. Our closest living relatives include chimpanzees, gorillas and orangutans. The chimpanzees are the closest. Just six million years ago, a single female ape had two daughters. One became the ancestor of all chimpanzees and the other is our own grandmother. Skeletons in the closet Homo sapiens has kept hidden an even more disturbing secret not only do we possess an abundance of uncivilized cousins, once upon a time we had quite a few brothers and sisters as well. We are used to thinking about ourselves as the only humans, because for the last 10,000 years, our species has indeed been the only human species around. Yet the real meaning of the word human is an animal belonging to the genus Homo and there used to be many other species of this genus besides Homo sapiens. Moreover, as we shall see in the last chapter of the book, in the not-so-distant future, we might again have to contend with non-sapiens humans. To clarify this point, I will often use the term sapiens to denote members of the species Homo sapiens. While reserving the term humans to refer to all extant members of the genus Homo, humans first evolved in East Africa about 2.5 million years ago from an earlier genus of apes called Australopithecus, which means southern ape. About 2 million years ago, some of these archaic men and women left their homeland to journey through and settle. Vast areas of North Africa, Europe, and Asia. Since survival in the snowy forest of Northern Europe required different traits than those needed to stay alive in an Indonesia's steaming jungles, human populations evolved in different directions. The result was several distinct species. To each of each. Si- Sorry. The result was several distinct species. To each of which scientists have assigned a pompous Latin name. Humans in Europe and Western Asia evolved into human. Humans in Europe and Western Asia evolved into Homo neanderthalensis. I'll repeat, Homo neanderthalensis, man from the Neander Valley, popularly referred to as simply Neanderthals. Neanderthals, bulkier and more muscular than us sapiens, were well adapted to the cold climate of Ice Age. In Western Eurasia, the more eastern regions of Asia were populated by Homo erectus, upright man, who survived there for close to two million years, making it the most durable human species ever. This record is unlikely to be broken even by our own species. It is doubtful whether Homo sapiens will still be around a thousand years from now, so two million years is really out of our league. On the island of Java in Indonesia lived Homo solomasis, man from the Solo Valley, who was suited to life in the tropics. On another Indonesian island, the small island of Flores, archaic human underwent a process of dwarfing. Humans first reached Flores when the sea level was exp- exceptionally low and the island was easily accessible from the mainland. When the seas rose again, some people were trapped on the island, which was poor in resources. Big people who needed a lot of food died first. Smaller fellows survived much better. Over the generations, the people of Flores became dwarfs. This unique species, known by scientists as homofluorescensis, Homo reached a maximum height of only 1 meter and weighed no more than 25 kilograms. They were nevertheless able to produce stone tools and even managed occasionally to hunt down some of the island's elephants. Though to be fair, the elephants were a dwarf species as well. In 2010, another lost sibling was rescued from oblivion when scientists excavating the Denisova cave in Siberia discovered a fossilized finger bone. Genetic analysis proved that the finger belonged to a previously unknown human species which was named Homo Denisova. Who knows how many lost relatives of ours are waiting to be discovered in other caves, on other islands, and in other climes? While these humans were evolving in Europe and Asia, evolution In East Africa did not stop. The cradle of humanity continued to nurture numerous new species, such as Homo Rudolphinus, man from the Lake Rudolph, Homo ergaster, working man, and eventually our own species, which we have modestly named Homo sapiens, wise man. The members of some of these species were massive and others were dwarves. Some were fearsome hunters and others. Meek plant gatherers. Some lived only on a single island, while many named over continents. Some lived only on a single island, while many roamed over continents. But all of them belonged to the genus Homo. They were all human beings. It's a common fallacy to envision these species as arranged in a straight line of descent with ergaster begetting erectus, erectus begetting the neanderthals, and the neanderthals evolving into us. This linear model gives the mistaken impression that at any particular moment only one type of human inhabited the earth, and that all earlier species were merely older models of ourselves. The truth is that from about 2 million years ago until around 10,000 years ago, the world was home at one and the same time several human species. And why not? Today, there are many species of foxes, bears and pigs. The earth of a hundred millennia ago was walked by at least six different species of man. It's our current exclusivity, not that multi-species past that is peculiar and perhaps incriminating. As we will shortly see, we sapiens have good reasons to repress the memories of our siblings.